0: The evidence of God's power. That's why we're reading from Genesis chapter 1, which is the account of creation. This isn't going to be a scientific thesis. Uh, uh, We're going to look at it from the Bible point of view to show that creation is essential to Christianity. Uh, In Genesis chapter 1, as we've read part of it, uh, God created the heavens and the earth. In including man and then chapter 2 and verse 7 gives a bit more information genesis chapter 2 and verse 7 and we read the lord god formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul he became a living soul he wasn't given a living soul he became a living creature So, God has created man. And this is used in the scripture as the evidence of God's power. Let's look at one or two instances. Let's go to Psalm 33. In the book of Psalms, Psalm 33. The endorsement of the creation record in the rest of scriptures is remarkable. Psalm 33 and verse 6 says, By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathereth the waters of the sea together as a heap. He layeth up the depths in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spake, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. So God spake, and it happened. That is the the power that is indicated in Genesis chapter 1. Psalm 89 also endorses that record. Psalm 89 and verse 6 says, For who in the heaven can be compared with the Lord? Who among the sons of the mighty can be likened unto the Lord? God is greatly to be feared in this assembly of the saints and to be had in reverence of all them that are about him. O Lord God of hosts, who is a strong Lord like unto thee, or to thy faithfulness round about thee? And unto verse 11, the heavens are thine, the earth also is thine. As for the world and the fullness thereof, thou hast founded them. The north and the south, thou hast created them. Tabor and Hermon shall rejoice in thy name. And so the Psalms confirm. or endorse the record of the creation. If we go on to verse 47, we've got the creation of man. Remember how short my time is, wherefore hast thou made all men in vain? What man is he that liveth and shall not see death? Shall he deliver his soul from the hand of the grave? So God has made man. So that's the Psalms. If we go on to the prophecy of Isaiah and chapter 45, uh, we read there another endorsement of the creation record and the evidence of his power to fulfil his purpose. Isaiah chapter 45 and verse 5. I am the Lord and there is none else. There is no God beside me. I girded thee, though thou hast not known me, that they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none beside me. I am the Lord and there is none else. I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. Drop down, ye heavens, from above, and let the skies pour down righteousness. Let the earth open, and let them bring forth salvation, and let righteousness spring up together. I, the Lord, have created it. God is the great creator of the heavens and the earth. And then verse 9, for those that don't agree, woe to him that striveth with his maker. Shall the potsherds strive with the potsherds of the earth? Shall the clay say to him that fashioneth it, What makest thou? All thy work he hath no hands. There is a responsibility to man, in man to respond to the great power of God shown in creation and to be obedient to the commands of the God who has made us. Verse 12 of Isaiah 45 I have made the earth and created man upon it. I, even my hands, have stretched out the heavens, and all their host have I commanded. Stretched out the heavens. It's only comparatively recently that it's been discovered that the heavens, the universe, is expanding. God has stretched out the heavens. And there is the statement in the scriptures of something that's been, com- been discovered and endorsed comparatively recently. But verse 18 goes on to say, For thus saith the Lord that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth and made it, he hath established it, He created it not in vain, he formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord and there is none else. He had a purpose in creating the heavens and the earth. He formed the earth to be inhabited. It's not going to be destroyed. It's going to be inhabited. That is the purpose of God. That's the Psalms and Isaiah endorsing the creation record. Jeremiah chapter 10, just a single verse there that uh, also endorses the creation record. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 10 and verse 12. He hath made the earth by his power, he hath established the world by his wisdom, and hath stretched out the heavens. his discretion God is the creator the book of Job is a record of somebody who trusted in God and had great disasters come upon him that he didn't understand Uh, but finally He wanted to argue his case with God. Uh, We read it during the the book of Job. But in chapter 38, uh, we have the final revelation to Job. The book of Job and chapter 38. Just put yourself in Job's position. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind a tornado straight in front of you, a massive demonstration of power. And God spoke out of that manifestation of power, out of the whirlwind, and said, Who is this that darkeneth counsel by words without knowledge? Gird up now thy loins like a man, for I will demand of thee, and answer thou me. Where wast thou? When I laid the foundations of the earth, declare if thou hast understanding. And that question can be asked of any so-called scientist that doesn't believe the creation record. Where wast thou? God has told us what he did Where wast thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare, if thou hast understanding. Who laid the measures thereof? Verse 5, if thou knowest. Or who hath stretched the line upon it? Whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened? Or who laid the cornerstone thereof? When the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy, the angels rejoicing in the work of God in creation. Or who shut up the sea with doors when it break forth as if it had issued out of the womb. When I made the cloud the garment thereof and thick darkness a swaddling band for it and break up for it my decreed place and set bars and doors and said hitherto hitherto shalt thou come but no further and here shall thy proud waves be stayed. How many lives depend on the truth of that statement if the sea were to rise by a couple of hundred feet how many people would die god set the bounds it is because the tides and everything else are so regular that you can have a tide timetable because God has set these things in motion. Verse 12, Hast thou commanded the morning since thy days, and caused the dayspring to know his place? And so on. And Job realises, ultimately, that he cannot answer uh, God's... He wanted to... uh, he wanted to argue with God, to reason with God. But go on to verse 31. Canst thou bind the sweet influences of Pleiades, or loose the bands of Orion? You know the uh, constellation of Orion? Bands across, three stars across the, uh, the waist, as it were, of Orion. Can you move those stars? Canst thou loose the bands of Orion? Canst thou bring forth Maseroth in his season? Or canst thou guide Arcturus with his sons? Arcturus. It's been calculated that Arcturus is 22 million miles in diameter. The planet Mercury... Its average distance from the star from the Sun is 36 million miles. Around two-thirds of the distance to Mars is the size of Arcturus. And it's traveling through space at 150 kilometers a second, so they reckon. Canst thou guide? God is in control man cannot control the heavens and the earth it is God that is the great power in the universe come to birds uh, chapter 39 verse 13 gavest thou the goodly wings unto the peacocks or wings and feathers unto the ostrich which leaveth her eggs in the earth and warmeth them in dust, and forgetteth that the foot may crush them, or that the wild beast may break them. She is hardened against her young ones as though they were not hers. Her labour is in vain without fear, because God hath deprived her of wisdom, neither hath he imparted to her understanding. God has created. The heavens and the earth and all the creatures upon the earth and they are under his control well faced by this i wonder how we would have answered if we'd been faced with that same message uh, from the beginning of chapter 38 well in chapter 40 and verse 3 we read that then Job answered the Lord and said, behold, I am vile. What can I answer thee? I will lay my hand upon my mouth. Once have I spoken, but I will not answer. Yea, twice, but I will proceed no further. He doesn't want to argue anymore. There's no point trying to argue with God. He is the great creator. Chapter 42 and verse 1. Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that thou canst do everything and that no thought can be withholden from thee. God is in control. Verse 5. I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now mine eyes seeth thee. Wherefore I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. If we want to argue with God, just remember the experience of Job. God is the creator and the scriptures indicate that that is the case and it's endorsed all the way through the scriptures. If we go to Psalm 8... Let's see something uh, there of the, the the greatness of God's control and, and blessings upon to mankind. Psalm eight and verse three. When I consider the heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man? That thou visitest him, for thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet all sheep and oxen, yea, all the beasts of the field, the fowls of the air, and the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passeth through the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name! in all the earth. And the creation record is used as evidence of God's power to fulfil his purpose. Let's go to the New Testament now, uh, to Paul's letter to the Romans. Romans uh, chapter 1. Romans chapter 1 and verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. God. The wrath of God is revealed uh, from heaven because that, verse 19, that which, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them. We've got the word of God, we can read it, and he's told us what he's done, and he's told us his purpose too, as we shall see in a moment or two. Verse uh, 20. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so they are without excuse. Because that, when they knew God and glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened, Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. A couple of the Psalms open. The fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. And there are many men that believe that there is no God. Well, professing themselves to be wise, and some of them are amongst the so-called great scientists of the world, Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an inc- image made like unto corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. People used to bow down to all sorts of animals as gods. But they're more sophisticated nowadays. I say... It wasn't God that created the heavens and the earth. It was a series of accidents to monkeys over millions of years that developed man. I know which I believe. That which God has revealed to us. The great creator. And the dissolution of mankind the way that so-called civilization has developed it describes it verse 28 even as they did not like to retain god in their knowledge god gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient being filled with all unrighteousness fornication wickedness covetousness maliciousness full of envy murder debate dele- deceit That's a description of the Roman world in Paul's day. It's a description of our world too. When God turns when man turns away from God, all sorts of degenerate things develop. And the world is full of degeneracy. But God has a purpose. Let's just go to another endorsement by the Lord Jesus Christ, before we go on to that, in the Gospel of Mark and chapter 10. There's a, a question uh, regarding uh, divorce here, but uh, I'm not, it's not the divorce I want to uh, look at. It's uh, Mark chapter 10 and verse 6. We read, But from the beginning of the creation, God made them male and female. We've read that, haven't we? Jesus believed Genesis chapter 1. God made them male and female. Jesus believed in the creation. But the earth was created to be inhabited. Don't want to spend a lot of time here, but to give you some idea of the greatness of the purpose of God, let's go to the end of the Bible, the book of Revelation and chapter 21. There's a glorious time coming upon the earth. And here is the fulfillment of God's purpose. Revelation chapter 21 and verse 4. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. There's going to be another creation. I make all things new. In the third chapter of Revelation, and at verse... We read, unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. And it's a Lord Jesus Christ who is the beginning of the creation creation of God in writing to the the Colossians and chapter 1 Paul talks about the greatness of the Lord Jesus Christ and the great hope that we can have in him Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13 talking about the Lord Jesus who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son. So God has taken us out of darkness into the kingdom of his dear Son. Verse 15, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature, the Lord Jesus Christ, was obedient unto death, and was raised from the dead, and was given immortality, and now is with the Lord, with God in heaven. He is the firstborn of every creature. And verse 18. For he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Jesus is the beginning of a new creation that is going to take away death, sorrow, sighing, pain. And it's to this that we have been called in the scriptures that record the creation. Of God. Let's go now to the first letter to the Corinthians and chapter 15. Because the fact that God created the heavens and the earth in the beginning are the evidence that he is able to fulfil his purpose. First letter to the Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 44. It's talking about the resurrection from the dead. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. A natural body is a body like ours. A spiritual body is a body energised by the spirit of God rather than blood. He goes on to say, and so it is written, the first man Adam was made a living soul. Where do we read that? Another endorsement of the creation record in Genesis chapter 2. The first man Adam was made a living soul. The last Adam, the Lord Jesus Christ, was made a quickening spirit. He is energised by the spirit of God and is able to give life to those that are obedient to the call of God. Verse 46. Howbeit that was not first which is spiritual, but that which which is natural and afterward that which is spiritual... So there has to be a natural creation. There was a natural creation. This is the foundation of the spiritual creation. The spiritual didn't come first, but the natural first. Verse 47, the first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. The Lord Jesus is going to come back to the earth. As is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. And those that are accounted worthy will be changed to be like the Lord Jesus Christ is now as it says in verse 49 and we have as we have borne the image of the earthy we shall also bear the image of the heavenly what an incentive to be obedient to the word of God the first creation is the evidence of God's power to fulfill the promise of a new creation. If there was no natural, there is no spiritual. But we know that he did. The evidence is all around us. This gives us hope. Gives it all hope. Let us leave the speculation of the so-called scientists. Let us accept that we are part of the first creation Of God. Let us learn what we must do to be part of the new creation and take part in the fulfillment of the purpose of God.